What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, and y'all are in for a treat today. But before we get into that, if you are looking for theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, then we suggest Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in the best way to experience Swibbits other than visiting Cousins Barbecue, is to attend their Fall Preview Day on October 21st. This is your chance to tour the campus, speak with the faculty, chat with fellow students, hear from President Adam W. Greenway, and experience the unique campus community of Southwestern Seminary. This happens again. Fall Preview Day is October 21st, so register today for free at swivets.edu forward slash preview. And uh, we love Southwestern Seminary, grateful for their partnership, even though only half of the podcast attended Southwestern Seminary. So that's why we only allow Kyle to speak for about 10% of the episodes. (laughs) But today is special, and we're carrying on, you know, we've had guests one after another with Bryant Wright, and then we had Ronnie Kurtz on, I think, Kyle's favorite episode ever. And uh, so we had a blast with him. But today, Kyle and I are joined by none other than the man, the myth, the legend, James Cheeseman. This is the this is the first time that we've had um, the upcoming worship leader yeah. at the SBC annual meeting on the podcast. So you, you know we've had we, we we we've had Bart. You know Bart. Bart Bart's old time on this now. You know, he's, old he's, overrated. he's, he's basically, basically a co-host. But but this <laughs> is the first time we've had the worship leader um, on the, the of the upcoming annual meeting on the podcast. And uh, and, and so so James, I'm I'm curious as we get started, what is that phone call like of uh, hey, this just happened and and I'm sure y'all talked about it beforehand, but but like there comes a point where that sits in where that like becomes reality, right? Like, uh, 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 yes. Yeah. uh, Yes. I'm ready to do this thing. Yeah, that was, it was, it was crazy and it was cool. Um, but really, you know, when Bart announced he was running, I did not even think about that for a long time. He announced like in April, I think. And, you know, April rolls by Easter rolls by May rolls by. And it wasn't until like, I think it wasn't until like the first, like maybe the week before, uh, the SBC that I'm like, Oh yeah, Bart might win this thing. And I wonder if he's going to ask me to do the music. And so I just kind of had that thought in the back of my mind. And then we were actually at lunch, um, with, uh, with Ron Bowles when he was like checking out the campus because he was going to be filling in for me for the summer when I was on sabbatical. And, uh, Bart was like, by the way, you know that whoever's elected president often has their music guy lead worship at the annual meeting. I was like, yes, I was aware of this. And, uh, you know, I told him I'd be honored to do that. And then, yeah, he called me the night after the night he got elected. I think he was like at IHOP or something with Matt. Uh, and it was like 1130 at night. So I shouldn't have been awake except for the fact that I was, it was a late night for me. I was like making a bus list for music camp. And, uh, he called me and he's like, are you awake? I was like, yes, I'm awake. Don't worry. He said, well, they vote on the SBC music director tomorrow. So are you good with it? I was like, yes, I'd be absolutely honored. 
Cool. Yeah, that's when you should have thrown him a wrench and be like, nah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do I'll, this. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, that, that's what I would have done. Uh, so that kind of answers the next question we were going to ask, or I was going to ask, just to tell the uh, the listeners who you are in terms of what your role is there at First Baptist Church of Hogwarts. Uh, but you are the associate pastor of worship there. And uh, and so you are also, however, doing your Ph.D. in what at Swibbits? In church music and worship. There you go. And you've got a wife and two wonderful kiddos. And uh, we are very glad that you are back from your sabbatical. And what we're talking about today is a little bit of what your sabbatical was kind of working around. You know, we've talked about the need for sabbaticals on this uh, show. It's not just this time for recreation and rest, though that is part of it. And I know, know you were able to see your family and all of that during that time. But it also usually has some kind of a project rolled into it. And so in just a little bit, we're going to talk about your project that you were aiming to accomplish during your break and your sabbatical and so forth. But before we do, I thought for our listeners, we really haven't dived or dove a whole lot into uh, the worship side of church revitalization. We've talked about the Replant Hub, uh, where you can go and get some songs and some worship sets and so forth if you are without uh, maybe musicians for a season or for even a Sunday or something like that. We've talked a little bit about that, but we never really took time to talk uh, really about worship leading and music ministry and the worship side or the music side of our worship services. Yet, that is about half of our worship service is going to be some of the music. So that's a very critical point in part of what we do on a given Sunday. And uh, and so I don't know if this will flesh out into maybe a few points or whatever it might be, but, but James, when you hear of just faithful music ministry in a local church, perhaps in a more smaller uh, you know, congregation, smaller-sized congregation or normative-sized congregation, what comes to mind as critical, critically important things that pastors or the volunteer song leaders need to remember when they're trying to craft the song side of a worship service? So I think I can talk about like maybe four main things that I would want you know any pastor or anybody who's in charge of helping to plan worship services to to think about. Um, yeah, four I guess four points of encouragement. Um, so number one, I would say is uh, include scripture, include scripture in your worship service beyond the sermon. I think um, there was a, a great, uh, I mean, uh, probably the modus operandi, like the main way it was done for a long time in Baptist churches was like the scripture is the only, I mean, the sermon is the only scripture that's read. But um, not only biblically, but like historically in worship services, um, it, you see scripture being read throughout. Like, I mean, First Timothy, uh, Paul said, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture. And so I think that including scripture um, beyond just the sermon is, is so important and so helpful. Um, so that's not a musical point, but it's but reading scripture is part of worship. Um, secondly, I my other point would be to pick uh, biblically faithful songs. There's so many songs out there today. I mean, in the year 2022, there's more worship music out there today than there ever has been because we have everything that was written before now, and we have everything being written currently. And so it can be daunting to like get lost in all that's being written. But 
um, just prayerfully, um, you know, think about what you're singing. Um, Paul says, sing with understanding. Um, he says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in your hearts. And so if we're letting the word dwell richly in our hearts, Colossians 3.16, then it's important to, be, to pick songs that um, are faithful to scripture. And, um, and, and so it's, it's important to, uh, to vet your songs. Um, hymnals do that for us for the most part, because there's songs, um, that there's songs that have been tested and curated over time. Um, but there's other, there's other ways to vet, you know, the music that's being written right now. Um, the, the third thing I would say is pick congregationally singable songs. And this is where you, um, the last two points I'll say are where you really need to just think about your church and what works at your church. It's contextual. And it's all about ministering to your people that God has called you to. And so, uh, yeah, point three, you know, sing songs that your people can sing. Um, that means use the instrumentation that God's given you. Um, and, and that might exclude some songs, but it might not, you know, if you've got a, you've got one pianist or you've got one guitar player, you can still sing a lot of songs, but you might want to, you might need to pick ones that you know that they can play well. The last thing you want to do as a pastor is like, you heard a great song on the radio and you're like, Hey, let's play this next week. But your guitar player, it's got, it's complex. Maybe uh, it's got a lot of sections. It's long and they have a hard time learning it. So you got to think about your people and what's going to minister to them. Um, and then, uh, and make sure they're singable. So, I mean, how do you know what's singable? Uh, a lot of it might be trial and error for your context, but, you know, make sure that it doesn't go too high. Um, a lot of stuff on the radio, it's just meant for solo singers. It's not necessarily for a congregation. And so I would point you towards, I, I mean, me, I, I am uh, biased, if you will, towards a lot of modern hymns. Um, but even, even uh, a lot of contemporary music, just find the stuff that's that's singable. I mean, honestly, a lot of Chris Tomlin stuff is really singable, just maybe not in Chris Tomlin's key. Um, talk to your your guitar player or your pianist about key if you need to do that. Now, like, think about the different ages of your church. Like, can the grandmothers sing along with this song? Can the kids sing along with this song? And if you're losing people, like, if you're picking stuff that people can't sing along with, then they're not able to participate. They're not able to give an offering. And then the final point I would say is um, make the, you know, use music that will, that will um, just accentuate the talents within your church, who God has given you. Maybe you've got, um, you know, a, a high school student that can play an abandonment, a trumpet, um, a saxophone, you know, pick a song and like, let them play the melody. Um, maybe you've got someone who um, they you don't do a lot of hymns, but you find out that someone's in your church that they know how to play hymns. Well, let them play a hymn. Um, maybe you find out that you've got someone that can play some random instrument. I don't know. But I say include them. I say use the talents that God has given your church and, um, and, and, and just let that be a blessing to your people to see how they can use their gifts to, to uh, bless the congregation and lead in worship. So. For a lot of our listeners, um, we know they come from smaller churches uh, where maybe the pastor is the only, uh, it, certainly if, if, if he's a full-time staff, he's probably the only full-time staff person for the church. In some cases, um, the pastor's bivocational. There are no 
full-time staff and, and maybe even a few who are listening who are just in who are in a volunteer role as, as a pastor as well. Um, now, Matt and I both uh, came out of musical backgrounds. We were both worship leaders. Uh, Matt, by the way, I still, we were talking before we came on, I still am a worship leader. I still, I lead worship for the, for the youth ministry here. Uh, and Let's so, uh, so we had the, um, maybe advantage if you want of, of having a musical background when our worship leader was out, you know, I, I picked up a guitar. I know Matt would, um, uh, play piano with, at Mayhill as well, but not every pastor is musically inclined. That's not in the list in first Timothy three of, of pastoral qualifications. So if it, for those of our listeners who are pastors who are not musically inclined and who who have a hard time finding people to lead uh, worship? What what advice would you give to that pastor who's just saying, "Man, I'm you know we're having a hard time finding finding folks to lead worship on a regular basis for our congregation." I have a couple of quick thoughts. Maybe they're hopefully they're helpful. You know, the, actually, the first thing that comes to mind is sing a cappella. Pick some, and and you don't. The pastor doesn't have to lead the singing. If he can pick one person in the church that can moderately hold a tune, <laughs> you know, they could lead a song a cappella, um, and make it simple. You know, simple. Whether it's a simple hymn like Amazing Grace, a lot of simple hymns, the Solid Rock, it was my soul. But even some of the simple choruses, like I love you, Lord, there's so many things that are beautifully done a cappella. So sing a cappella. Um, the second thing I would say is, you know, you can you can use videos. I know um, y'all have made some videos um, that are available for people to use to, to sing along with. And that's certainly fine in a pinch, too, to use a video for a song or even a video to maybe introduce a new song until someone learns it to be able to lead it. Um, yeah, those are those are two ideas that come to mind. And the, the third idea third and fourth quick ideas. Number three is, um, if you, if you can find someone that's young to teach them, like get them in lessons, you don't have to teach them, but get them in guitar lessons to where they can learn to accompany and then someone else could sing. And then the fourth one would be try to network with anybody nearby that might actually have a, a worship leader at their church or uh, somebody musical to give some some advice on good songs that are out there, um, or any kind of tips. Just someone that's on your quick, you know, speed dial to ask musical questions. So sometimes you have not because you you ask not. You know, you you might have somebody in that church that took lessons as a kid with a little bit of practice and maybe even a little bit of work could probably learn to to at least do you know the the melody of a hymn or something like that. Learn to kind of get back in the swing of things like you touched on. And one of the things that you do really well, you do a lot of things really well, but one of the things that you do really well uh, at, at First Farmersville is incorporating all ages. And uh, the times that we have those, uh, you know, the more kid uh, services or like the family worship days or whatever, we've, we've got literally all ages up on the stage pretty much and uh, all the way up to the senior adults. And, and uh, that, that also helps the church for a long time because you might end that, in those kids, you now have some that are now leading in the youth group as they lead worship over there. And, and that's ultimately becomes kind of that training ground that they can move right into some of those roles with the uh, the main services as well. And uh, so so I love how you do that and incorporate all ages in what we do at First Farmersville. 
Yeah, and let me follow up with what James said. So he mentioned that the videos, um, replanthub.com is a free resource that uh, we've provided through the North American Mission Board to uh, provide videos. Uh, there's sermons, there's also worship. And so if you have no one to lead worship, and no one is, is you know, no one wants to get up and lead an acapella hymn, we have options for you there. But also to touch on something else that James mentioned, um, you know, find someone that, who can take lessons, find someone that who can learn. Um, as, as part of the Replant Hub, we have access to a free, simplified hymnal for guitars as well that Nathan Drake at uh, Reawaken Hymns has put together. And so what, what Nathan did, he went through the hymns and took out all the, like, uh, minor, diminished seventh chords that, that show up in hymns oftentimes and, and has made them, I mean, so three or four chords um, and you can play a hymn. And uh, that's Matt. I don't know how you started, James, or, or you, but that's how I started. I mean, was learned four chords and learned some songs with a capo, and that's that's how I led worship for years. Was uh, was you know just I mean I, I used the chords that I knew and, and incorporated a capo to to play the songs that, that I could with that. And uh, so replanthub.com, it's free. Sign up, and we have some resources for you to help in the worship ministry. Awesome. Well, James, you just finished. An eight-week-long vacation. You're sitting on the beach, <laughs> just chilling, getting a suntan, you know, beach in the middle of Canada or something. Uh, <laughs> but you, know, you did get to have some time with your family. I believe you said you got to see both sides of your family, which was a blessing. You hadn't been able to do that in a while. And so we're grateful for that. Right. But also, you you kind of had a job to do or, or a project that you were working on uh, while you were away. And uh, so we just thought, because we debuted part of that on Sunday uh, with the second most viewed uh, video that features the James Cheeseman uh, epic work uh, <laughs> behind the uh, 12 Days of Pastors or whatever we called it. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, tell us about that, what, what you were working on. Yeah, so I was super blessed to get to have sabbatical. Um, after serving here at First Baptist Farmersville for seven years. And my project was called Songs for a Church Like Ours. And the eventual goal is maybe I'll record this. We'll see. Um, certainly, I'm hoping to do like a pre-sale of an album, and we'll see when that comes about. Um, but the main goal was to write songs, uh, congregational, all congregational worship songs, for our church and for churches like ours. And I co-wrote the majority of these songs. So I asked for people to co-write with me, and I received uh, lots of interest. So I co-wrote 16 songs, um, eight of which I wrote, or seven of which I wrote with people from our congregation. Some of them had never written songs before, but had great ideas and helped me get started on some songs. And then, you know, I, I talked with them throughout the process. And then I think I wrote nine with friends, you know, outside uh, First Baptist Farmersville. And uh, then I wrote several other on my own um, that, you know, I either finished or, you know, just got an idea started and then it, you know, might have led to something else later on. So, yeah, I was writing songs and got to record a few demos. And um, it was it was great. It was a blast, super productive, super fun. I love songwriting. Um, and I think that in the end, uh, ended up with several that we'll get to use at FBC Farmersville. Yeah, and one of those was out of a what? Water grave. Yes, sir. And it is a 
baptism hymn. There's a long list of those. I went down <laughs> to the river to pray. That's about the only one I can. What's the other one? What, what's the one y'all were talking about when we met over it? Yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's not really a lot. Uh, yeah. I could t- I could tell you every song there is not not quite actually written about baptism. Randy Travis has a, a solo song about baptism. It's not really a worship song. Uh, there's another Southern gospel song that's actually called Water Grave. Yeah. Uh, it's written. It's been covered a lot. But it's not again not necessarily a congregational song. Yeah. Um, and then Adoniram Judson actually has a baptism hymn called Come Holy Spirit Dove Divine. Um, and that's cool because it's Adoniram Judson. Yeah. But it's kind of, it's it's cool and it's beautiful, uh, but it doesn't necessarily hit on all the themes of what baptism means. Yeah. So there's not really a lot out there. Yeah. And so we, I think Bart and I may have contributed one or two words a piece, but walk us walk us through that song a little bit. Uh, yeah, we knew we wanted to write a baptism song that we could sing as a congregation every time we had baptism, um, just to celebrate that and like what it means. And I think I think the other thing we wanted to do, we wanted to write it as a Baptist <laughs> baptism song. And I think that's why a lot of people haven't written baptism songs because they didn't want to like step on other denominations' toes, I guess. Um, but we we really had no problem with stepping on anybody's toes uh, because I mean, just in I say that in jest, but like we really wanted this to have a biblical, you know, biblical um, ex- explanation and celebration of what baptism means. And it's really beautiful. Um, you know, Romans 6, 4 says we've been buried with baptized, uh, buried with Christ uh, by baptism into his death and raised to walk, you know, in, in newness of life with him. And so um, that's where the picture you get from Romans 6 of what baptism means. Um, so that's the water grave, you know, imagery is the idea of um, that it's the picture of we've been buried with Christ and we're coming out of the, the water, the baptistry or the river, the lake or hot tub or whatever it is in your church or wherever you celebrate baptism. Um, that's That represents the grave of your old self has died and you have new life in Christ. And so, yeah, it, it's, um, I, I really learned out. Um, and we, their verses talk about uh, declaring like the, the declaration of it's a public testimony. Um, that's not salvific, but after you've been saved, you know, Jesus saves us. And so now we're declaring like I have new life. Um, the second verse um, talks about Jesus is Lord because that's our proclamation in baptism too, that Jesus is our Lord. Um, and then the, the third verse talks about the great commission. Um, you know, Matthew 28, Jesus said to baptize, um, go, go you therefore to all nations and baptize um, and in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that last verse talks about going and telling the good news and calling people to repentance and salvation and that we would keep baptizing more disciples. Well, James, I uh, I know you, you, you said you just finished the project, um, but that's not your only worship project. You have, a, you have another album that's out there, I believe. And so tell folks uh, where they can find that and then where to be looking for uh, uh, um, songs for a church like ours, if you know yet. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking about that, Kyle. And, um, so I do have a website. It's www.jamescheesman.com. So just my name. Uh, and that has all my resources uh, for the most part. Um, anything that at least I produced fully is on that website. And so my first EP uh, that I recorded a couple years back is called Your Glory Alone. And all of the songs you can hear, like a Spotify preview there, 
and uh, you can buy a digital download there. But it's also on all that album. Your Glory Alone has six songs, and that's on all streaming platforms, Apple Music and iTunes. And um, and then also I have a single, a Christmas, an Advent hymn. It's called Wait for the Lord's Anointed. That's also available on all streaming platforms. And then jamescheesman.com has chord charts, lead sheets, SATB and piano charts. It, um, it has like a theology behind every song and uh, sometimes some videos. And then out of Watergrave is already on my website. Uh, so you can f- already find it there. I just put a page up this week and I'm building out the resources for it as we speak. But currently you can already find the chord chart and a demo track to listen to and the, the vocal lead sheet. And then I, I'll be throwing up the like harmony parts and piano part and hopefully click track too. I do have stem tracks. If, uh, usually that's something at um, not necessarily every smaller church uses stem tracks, um, but I do have those available as well. Gotcha. I want to put you on the spot, James Cheeseman. Okay, Matt Hinsley. I want your permission either to wrap this show up with your uh, singing of this song or, or Bart, you and me. I want your permission for that. Or if you say no, may I do my version that I sang to you yesterday? Well, we would much rather not have that version. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it's okay, we'll throw That's it there. If call. not, we're going to very wise. So you can go and watch it. But Kyle, why don't you send us out? All right. Well, thanks for listening today. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Jesus saved me, he heard my cry, now I'm declaring death is behind me, I have new life, I've been
Sing with us if you